a station that's great from one to eight. Ah, oh, no, not Honey Crunch Krispies again. We do advertise them, you know. They gave us a year's free supply. Yes, Rick, and, and frankly, I don't know what you're complaining about. Marina and I are really enjoying ours. Mm. Anyway, what we've come up here today to ask you both about is maybe getting the Jerry Anderson podcast broadcast on KLA. After all, I'm sure you can say you're a big fan. I'm sorry, I can't. Oh. I doubt if anyone was foolish enough to be tuned in. Well, don't underestimate our listeners, Loman. They are quite... Hmm. Uh, who's up for pressing the button on the randomizer for me? Loman? I've got more important things to think about. Okay, Rick? Oh, Rick? Oh, <laughs> Ah, kid can do it. Well, since you're the closest thing we have... <laughs> very funny. We're on the air in half an hour. Oh, then we'd better get this out of the way, hadn't we? That's it, that's great, I got it. Fantastic. Well, fingers crossed, and uh, Marina, if you could just pass me the printout. Thank you very much. <laughs> what do you think? Yes, that's a pretty good choice, and rather appropriate, considering what's going to end up happening to you two. What's the problem? Oh, nothing, nothing. Anyway, we're back with Fireball XL5 today for Flight to Danger. Marina, will you stop fiddling with that button? So here we are, back with Fireball XL5, and this is another episode I am quite familiar with because it was, again, one of the few that I had uh, on video as a kid on uh, Volume 6 of the Fireball VHS tapes. I'll have a ride in a minute. A minute's too long, Lieutenant. Get her under control now. Above all, don't get distracted by people yelling at you. That could make it worse. Yeah, this was uh, this was the first episode on Volume 6, the final volume of Fireball XL5 on the ITC Home Video label. And uh, interesting story behind how I came to acquire that tape. I actually, um, for my, bir- my birthday one year, this would be, what, 95, 96-ish, I, uh, having enjoyed the episodes on Volume 4, I put in an order at our price. Do you remember our price? I remember our price. For, um, um, they started putting out tapes of two episodes of Fireball and two episodes of Supercar, and I thought, well, I'd like some more Fireball, but I'd also like to try Supercar, so I'll put in an order for that first combo tape, and, um, instead, this is what, this is what came up. They, they sent through this tape, the, the Volume 6 tape with this episode on, uh, instead of what I asked for, but since I loved Fireball so much at the time, didn't bother me. I had four episodes instead of just two to enjoy. We'll see how you do a touchdown right now. But Steve, I... I'm not ready. Guess I'm the best judge of that. Now take her down. Yes, I waffled over the setup of this one uh, quite a bit. So uh, Lieutenant 90 is in training for his astronaut's wings, which are apparently very important if he wants to become an astronaut. He's got a lot of sweat on his puppet brow there. I love the puppet sweat thing. Um, it's, it, it, you can, it's one of those things you can see sort of evolve over time. When you get to, like, the Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet era, it looks quite realistic. It's sort of genuinely dotted. In this black and white era, they just sort of plaster it on with a hose. The commander could be right. He usually is. I, I did go through a phase a few years back of really not liking this show. I think because the writing is fairly basic and the characters can take about half an hour just to work out how to open a door sometimes. But who gets all the worries? Me! 
but so far I'm really enjoying revisiting this show on the randomizer. Especially with episodes that I'm, I'm so familiar with, like this one. Reduce power. You will have to reduce power! And so with 90 on, on Fireball, Robert is working in Space City Control for... I think the first and po probably only time in the history of the series. I'm not sure if that ever happened again. Lieutenant, the starboard wing, get it up! Lift starboard wing! Lift starboard wing! Yeah, very uh, unorthodox landing from Fireball here at Space City, but Lieutenant uh, 90 he's done the job, he's got her down safely. Jolly good show, sir. And what a mess I made of it, Colonel. I'll never be a full controller at this rate. XL5 crew report to Space City control. Oh, so he's not just training to be an astronaut, he's training to be well, a controller? Um, I thought he already was a, a deputy controller, essentially, being Zero's right-hand man, but I guess not. Is all this gear necessary, Dr. Venus? It's making my headache. <laughs> and here we see, once again, Venus's expert doctoring in action. She's wired 90 up to... Well, the machine has a dial on it with the word amps, which probably can't be good. He's connected with about 50 cables. Which seemed to be an, a, a peculiar eccentricity of Venus. It was like she enjoyed hooking people up to, to machines with lots of cables. Stand by. Stand by. Prepare XL1 for blastoff. I suppose in her mind it's sort of a... A supplement to, uh, to any actual medical knowledge or ability. Just just keep attaching wires to people and hope that nobody catches on you don't know anything. Release winches and stand by for liftoff. XL1 was uh, a fairly regularly used sort of backup ship, I seem to recall. They had this footage of the launch sequence and of the, the ship being lowered onto the ramp via winches that they reused quite a bit. It was a um, useful time filler. I think it was first appeared in... Was it Plant Man from Space and, um, what's his name? Ross crashed it. Well, we've now got XL1 back again, and it's off... Oh! Oh! I was going to say it's off the ramp, but they actually used the, um, the shot from Plant Man in Space where it, it goes over the hill and then looks like it's about to crash, but, uh... Huh. No, he's made it. This story, um... You know, getting a, a, the junior member of our little team to uh, to train to be an astronaut is probably more familiar to Anderson viewers because it, this story was essentially reused in Stingray in uh, Rescue from the Skies with Lieutenant Fisher in place of Lieutenant 90. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a concept that sort of returned through various other sci-fi shows. If you look at um, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, the opening sequence of that, where they're in the um, test simulator and everyone gets killed, is almost an exact copy of the opening of Rescue from the Skies. So it's interesting to look at this episode and think, well, Rescue from the Skies was in itself a copy of this episode. A perfect touchdown! I love 90s uh, self-congratulations there. Yeah, it's interesting, this was the... I commanded a ship! Yeah, this was the, the sort of origin of that, at least within the Anderson universe, and yet Rescue from the Skies gets the uh, gets the nod, and this one doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Again, that's um, a common issue with Fireball. It doesn't get as much attention as Stingray, even though they are essentially the same basic formats, um, and it's all down to that, that thing of it's, it's in black and white. Hi, Steve. 
which I don't think is is an issue at all. But obviously, in modern broadcast uh, landscape, if broadcasters have got a choice between this or Stingray, we know which one they're going to pick, and it won't be the one in black and white. I love this track as well. Flat jazz. Oh, what, 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 what? Okay, so um, they're having a party at Venus's. Um, everyone's sitting around having a good time. Zuni is dancing. I'm just not gonna think about tomorrow. And he's holding a gun. Um, is this? I hope this isn't a real gun, but it certainly looks like one. And he's waving it around. Blast off time is at And I'm not. I'm not convinced with the uh, the XL5 crew's um, oh, the XL5 crew wouldn't leave a loaded gun lying around for anyone to pick up. That's not going to end well. As indeed is um, Lieutenant 90 spaceflight, the reactor on the rocket that's about to launch, has just fallen off the wall. Started uh, started smouldering there. Not good. Gee. Sure is cramped in here. Yeah, 90. That's one of the hazards of wanting to be a controller. Stick with it and keep cool. W what's the difference here between being an, an astronaut and being a controller? Read green, Commander. Roger, Steve. Lift Wouldn't a controller, like, control things, be telling other people what to do? We'll be waiting for you. If he wants to be an astronaut, then yeah, this sending him into space makes sense. If he wants to be a controller of Space City, then... Why are you sending him into space? Not sure. So it's off to space for Lieutenant 90. The atomic reactor, which was smouldering earlier, has just fallen off the wall and landed in a pile of fuel canisters. <gasps> this is not good news. But it's a very nice rocket launch, uh, considering this is uh, quite an early series. Lots of fuel tanks and, and sort of smouldering hoses around in the... Uh, the XL5 rocket launches. You can see the wire quite visible, they're making no effort to hide that, but uh, the rest of the launch looks really good. And what I like about this one, especially, and also um, with Rescue from the Skies as well, is this focus on someone who is essentially a, a minor character, but it doesn't forget that they have their own sort of goals and ambitions. You know, 90 wants to be a, a full-fledged astronaut or controller, whatever that is, and, and Fisher wants to be a full aquanaut. And uh, otherwise, they're just sort of standing around saying yes, Commander, and no, Commander, and... Uh, Second stage away, Steve! There's a there's a nice selection of characters in the show. It's it's nice that uh, 90 gets his moment in the spotlight here. Bit different to Fireball! Although the gravity's just gone in his capsule, and... Uh, Clipboards and pencils and various other things are floating around, dangled on the end of very visible wires. But again, it's it's just so charming. The lieutenant's pulse rate is increasing steadily, Steve. Yeah, that's a very um, a very comprehensive pulse rate chart you've got there, Venus. It just fluctuates between minimum and maximum. I would hope you'd want maybe a slightly more precise indication of um, on how he's doing physically. Of being completely alone in space. But he's not completely alone in space. This is something I've never understood. You guys are right there behind him, and he knows it, and he's in constant contact with you. Um, and as we can see, he's about to get into serious difficulties. So it's a good job they're there. But I don't understand this sort of, he's meant to be completely alone, 
bar for the fact that he's not completely alone. And here we have uh, Fireball XL5's idea of the moon. Uh, as with the moon in all Jerry Anderson shows up to uh, Space 1999, the moon looks very unlike the real thing. For my money, the lieutenant's on his way to getting his... But again, this is... This is getting on for 60 years old. This is made before the moon landings and before the Apollo program was really underway. There'd be a warning along. Guess you're right, Matt. And it's it's really it's really quite quite something to think that this is like just a piece of history. Six seconds. Because we've kept these Supermarination shows alive in our lives and imaginations for so long that they still feel so fresh to us. Sometimes you forget they are very, very old. Steve, the capsule's on fire. Don't panic, Lieutenant. Matt, what could have happened? It, the reactor must have broken free. I knew I shouldn't have used blue tech to hold it to the wall, but uh, I didn't have anything else, Steve. Jettison fuel now. We'll catch up with you and come across. I really love this sequence. It's extremely dramatic and uh, Hello, Colonel Zodiac. It, it does a superb job of building the, the threat. You genuinely believe that Lieutenant 90 is in serious trouble, especially once they lose contact here. The fact that he's, you know, ship's on fire and he's not got the equipment to to deal with it. There isn't even a fire extinguisher on board. Gotta get out of here. <coughs> Must put on thruster pack. Thruster pack is already on fire, and also this music. I don't think it was composed for this episode. It must have been an earlier one, but it fits this scene so well. Okay, eject. Take care, Steve. And what's also very clever about the um, that the earlier tension in this sequence—it's been replaced with this sort of okay, we've got, we've caught up to the capsule, we're heading over, we haven't heard from 90 in a while, and then. And what follows is probably the saddest sequence in this entire series. You know it was an accident. You can't blame yourself. Maybe not, Matt. But I keep asking myself, was Lieutenant ready for that space capsule test? We all know he was, Steve. He won his wings before he... He went. Oh, Steve, how terrible. He was such a nice boy. He sure was, Venus. This is genuinely, really affecting. I mean, the, the voice actors are doing such a good job selling this. Especially when we come back to Space City and... I tried to reach him, Commander. I know, Steve. It's just Commander Zero looking at the empty chair. The Lieutenant was the best assistant I ever had. Yeah. Aww. He would have made a fine controller. I guess the world's and I'm not ashamed to say that when I first saw this as a kid, I genuinely believed that Lieutenant 90 could really be dead. Have to be an inquiry. Sure, Commander. We're on our way. But luckily for us, and for him... One oxygen pill left. They'll never ejected. Swallowed in... Uh, swallowed a... I nearly said swallowed an ejection room. He didn't swallow an ejection room. That wouldn't work. He swallowed an oxygen oh. pill. Might as well have stayed in the capsule instead of ejecting into space without a thruster pack. And now we have the puppet sort of hanging in front of the back projection screen. The way the puppet is lit, it, it does strange things to his eyes. It gives the face a sort of slightly sinister quality, especially with these huge bushy eyebrows that he has. 
this is an image that cropped up occasionally in, in um, UFO and Space 1999. It was always quite poignant, just this lone astronaut, completely alone, spinning off into space. And again, it works quite well here. It, it's um, let down by the fact that they can't really hide the strings. What? Yes, it's Lieutenant 90. Although I have to question how you guys missed Lieutenant 90 floating out in space and didn't notice until you were almost back at Earth. Did you... did you not search? I suppose you had no reason to search, you assumed you were still in the capsule, but... Why did you not detect him earlier? Who cares though, because he's okay! Lieutenant 90 is going to be okay. Um, the effects of the vacuum of space, not affecting him at all, because, well, you know, it just right, doesn't. Astronaut 90 of the World Space Patrol. And I'm not sure how many times after this episode we actually see 90 go into space. Um, I know Drama at Space City was one. He, he joined Zero to chase after XL5 in XL1. Uh, I'm not sure if there were any episodes shot before this one where he was working on an XL ship. Uh, I, th I have a feeling, actually, this one might have been shown quite early in XL5's run, so it wouldn't have been necessarily a continuity issue. But um, anyway, Lieutenant 90 has got his astronaut's wings, very important to him. Not sure it'll be relevant to any other episodes bar Drama at Space City. And that was Flight to Danger. Yeah, I still really like this one. Uh, a lovely sense of... of um, well, firstly, of exploring a, a minor character. Always a good thing to do. That very dramatic bit through the middle and into the second section with the, the training flight and the explosion, and then that very sad bit where they all think he's dead. I'm going to go have a, have a cry now. Goodbye. <laughs>